fear becomes a reality. How do you adapt, survive, overcome? Man, do I have a guy that lives the name of this program, Nightmare Success. He's basically a guy that went from foster care homes to Forbes magazine. Ryan's stream, I've been, a, and I was just telling you this before I got on, I've been a big fan of his from afar. He's got an incredible story. He's an award-winning motivational speaker, and he's a two-time military veteran. And a guy can pretty much do it all. I mean, he can, he can play the piano, you know, blindfold and upside. It's crazy. Uh, he's got a book. It's called Conquer Your Coliseum. It's all about how to, how to steps to create a winning personal and professional life. And he knows how to do that because he's had to walk through his own nightmares to get to where he is today. I'm talking about getting through a nightmare. He, he's, you know, he talks about struggling, build strength, you know, from foster care, he struggled with mental health, PTSD, learning disability, depression, drug addictions in jail. And he made it out. He's, he's made it out. I can't wait to unpack all this with Ryan. Before we do that, I want to recognize the show sponsor, Auto Plaza Direct. You know, who likes spending a couple of weekends walking car lots, looking for a car, then you spend four or five hours in the dealership to buy a car. It's kind of like a trip to the dentist. Well, there's a better way to take away all that pain and hassle of getting a car. Auto Plaza Direct, they're your personal car concierge. Just tell them the car you want, what you can pay, and they'll go find that car for you. They'll negotiate your best price, and they'll deliver that car to you. They also offer you warranties and financing. It's all full service. Go to autoplazadirect.com to get started with your personal car concierge, the new hassle-free way, the car buying experience you deserve. Autoplaza Direct. Tell them Brent from Nightmare Success sent you. Ryan Stream. Welcome in, my man. Thanks, man. Hey, now the personality is going to come out, dude. I love doing these. I loved hearing you've been doing this for many, many years. You just got a huge speaking engagement. I think your whole audience needs to know about that. You're going to be speaking in front of thousands of people, man. That is a highlight for sure. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that, man. You're very welcome. And coming from somebody who's done a lot of speaking. And, and you know, if you go to anything of follow Ryan, um, his Instagram account, I, I got I got tied into him the other night. I got hooked and looked into he was doing his uh a rapping video and it's cool what he can do whether you want him to speak or whether you want him to sing whether you want to play pianos blindfold a guy can do just about anything but i want to go back ryan because it wasn't this you just didn't walk out of the band box and it was the ryan stream show you mm. you really lived through a childhood that people it's almost like a movie and there are movies but your, tell us a little bit about your childhood and what you went through to get to where you are. Yeah, man. Well, the video that you saw that you are talking about, it's um, a song about me going from homeless shelters, foster care, to being adopted into a different culture, going to war, being a drug addict. And that's just a very small glimpse of it. But in that video, you heard that I forgave my parents. Um, as soon as I forgave my parents, man, I went on a an attack, right? Everything I am afraid of, I'm going to attack. Now I have four businesses, seven incomes, almost a psychology degree with the learning disability. Uh, seven years ago, I was in a car going to kill myself, had no job, no income, no nothing. So just because I, you or anybody looks like life is perfect, it's not perfect. It is not perfect for anybody. And I learned that at a young age that life was just going to be hard for me. 
And at first I thought that was the normal. But as I got older and I was able to put pieces together, I realized, oh my gosh, this isn't normal. You see, my mom was raped twice by the age of 12 years old. Both of her parents died by the age of 12. So how could I blame my mom for anything? How could I, my mom took her life. She's no longer here. And he, I don't and, know and what you my, were, and it was at a young age, Ryan, when that happened, right? It was. Or, yeah. I was in the ninth well, grade when, when sadly she took her life. And, you know, at first you're thinking, well, what did I do? Like, like maybe could, I could have done something different, but I never have judged my mom or never looked because I shouldn't. My mom hugged me. My mom loved me. My mom was there the best she could. But now that I'm actually studying mental health and seeing biologically, chemically, like how the brain and how we work, my mom was dealt the most terrible cards. Taken advantage by men when you're a child. Come on. Both parents dying at the age of 12 and then her hoping for somebody to save her. Friends. Well, she got mixed up with the wrong friends. I did that too. I can't judge. But then well, she met a man. Talk, I, I want to talk about that, Ryan, because your story for a lot of people would have made somebody just curl up in a fetal position and give up. And from what I understand from reading about it, you at a very young age, you had uh, brothers and you guys were separated through that process. Yeah. How, how old were you when that happened, when, when you got separated? And, and I don't know where you fall into the order, sibling. Yeah. Were you so I was, oldest, I was adopted. I was adopted in the second grade. Uh, my birthday's right. in June, so I'm a six. I got two older brothers that are a year, one year older and a year older. So third grade to, to second grade, second grade to fourth grade, excuse me, when we got adopted. Um, yeah, man, it, it, it was just hard. But you want to know what? When you're broke, when you're poor, when you see those things as a kid, that's, that's normal. You know, one yeah. thing people ask me about life or even about war, was it scary? Well, yeah, it's scary, but we're so resilient. Humans are so resilient. We're like a freaking, that lizard that could just attach to anything and then you just, you blend in. Like we are able to adapt, but people, they're afraid to adapt. They're afraid to change. And people say, well, how do you gain confidence? Like, how could I attack? And it's like, dude, you just have to do what scares you. We just talked about me well, buying a trucking company. I got, I don't even know how to do it, but I got to <laughs> prove it. Well, in your teenage years, you, were, you weren't thinking, uh, and I don't think you were thinking of the, the positive thoughts that you have. Now you were trying to struggle. You're trying to get through. Um, when you yeah. hit those dark when you hit those dark days and you, and, and you had uh, the addiction and, and you were going in and out of jail, what was going through your mind then? Man, you know, you don't think a lot of times and that's what gets you in trouble. You don't have a plan. I didn't have a plan. I wasn't thinking that's what got me in trouble, but let me put it in, in the perfect puzzle pieces to make the perfect puzzle for you and your uh, listeners. When I was in the second grade, I got adopted and there was a motivational speaker that came to my school. He was a musician and he spoke and said, you can do whatever you want. I believed him. I went home and the people that adopted me, they had a piano. So I sat down and I adopted the piano and I started to create music. And I realized that it was the bridge between understanding and expressing my emotions. So I started to just create music. Well, later on, I had, a, you know, I had to, the kid that had to come to school early to read and early to write. I, I didn't know how to, learning was hard for me. Was it but tough I always, as far as the kids around you? Were they tough on you with that? Or, or, or were you able to get through that? I mean, sometimes kids can be really mean and, and 
you know, at a certain age, they don't even know what they're doing. They're just, that's just what they, you know, a grade school. I mean, how did you get, how did you work yourself through that? That's not easy. No, to add on to that, I'm only five foot four with my shoes on. So I'm a very short guy. So, you know, they would light me up. But one thing I've always been was strong. I'm like a little bulldog. You mess with me, you're going to fight, right? I, I, and I saw that as a little kid. So when somebody attacks, you attack. I just, yeah. you know what I mean? So if anybody did that, if I wasn't attacking, it was my brothers that were attacking. And I was always very good with words. That's my gift. I'm very witty. I, I could, you know two kids were rapping and making fun of me. I walked up to both of them and started rapping and the whole school started laughing at them like that. Mm-hmm. I was just so witty and it was a gift. Um, but you know, I got lost, man. I started hanging out with the wrong people. I turned to drugs and, um, you know, I got, what was your me. age when that happened to you, Brian? Uh, when, I, when you I was, got into that. I was 17 years old when I started doing things I shouldn't do. Uh, my parents, they raised me to be good. Like most parents would hopefully, I was the homecoming king, winning talent finds. We started modeling for companies uh, in high school, man. And I came from a town where there's 1,900 people. So we'd go up to the city and, you know, my bro- my older brother, he was taller and really good looking. And, you know, we, we all had the gift to gab, but it, it doesn't matter what goals, what dreams, what plans you have. If you get away from those and you start hanging out with the wrong people, you know, I, I was an honor graduate in the military at 17 years old. My plan was to go to the special forces. I was almost killed in the ninth grade with blood clots. I came back and broke this, the track record for a second time. 12 years old, running, running a 517 mile, you know, and that's before the, well, four, it, I mean, that was a while ago. I mean, it, it sounds really unusual too, because to have that success that you're talking about, but then to fall into the wrong crowd, was it? Were you living like a double life with that? Because, you know, you're not usually a homecoming king and hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah, man. You know what? You know what they say? Whatever you feed, whatever side of your spirit or demon you feed, you're going to cater to. You know, so even if you're wanting to be good and doing good, if you're getting steered this way, well, it's like a snowball effect. That grabbed me and then I started rolling. Then I started rolling. And by the age of 19 years old, I was sued twice, $30,000 in debt. Um, I was homeless in my car, man. Assault on a police officer. You know, how do you come back from that, dude? Like, it was hard. My best friend, I got addicted to drug. He's dead now. You know, so there's so much in my life. So much in my life. At that time period, you're in uh a dark space you're going and, and you're homeless you've got all these things these demons that come around when and then and then I, I what was the next step that happened after that well man you have to realize you want to change when i'm looking around and all of us are going to jail and you know what i mean people are going to prison and i was in a drug house where there was children you know i remember waking up one day and just walking out the front door and even another time I was in my military uniform, man. And my sergeant banged on the door and kicked me in the back and said, dude, what are you doing with your life? Like, you're going to lose everything, man. And so there was a unit going to Afghanistan. And I knew the only way, the only way to change your life is to, you got to cut people off. You got to escape. You got to, you got to change. And it, you can change. Change your hair. If you're shy, be loud. Change you. You get to do that. It's your life. It's your character. So I did that. Did my friends hate me for it? Yeah, dude. Nobody likes to see somebody have something good when they're sucking because of their choices. Yeah. 
but there was a judge. I had to go to eight different courts, man. Eight different courts. Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I Please, there's a unit going to Afghanistan. I had one more court to go to. And I said, judge, and I had a big fine. You know, I had a hit and run, a sold on a police officer, no insurance, no registration, suspended driver's license. And I just broke down in front of the judge and I said, your honor, I'm, I'm lost. The only way I know how to get better is I have to, I have to change. You see, at this time, my dad was a judge. My adopted, my adopted mom and dad were a teacher that actually taught me how to write my name before I was their son. And the police officer that adopted us knew my dad in jail. Crazy story. That is and crazy. I would call them in the middle of the night and say, people's kill, they're here to kill me. And I was so high, man. And the judge, man, he walked off the stand and he hugged me and he said, you're going to learn more in Afghanistan than you're going to learn here. Five wow. years ago, I spoke for that judge's conference. So the world wow. is amazing. And then I went to war, but, man. But, you know, sometimes, Brian, with you saying that it is somebody and you know, I've done a lot of these different interviews where there's a there's a one person that reaches out and and makes that connection that difference that happens and that judge could have oh yeah exactly gone the wrong way and yeah. and the, the 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 thing that could have put you further in the ditch and he must have seen something jeez thought man this this kid's let's give him a break yeah <laughs> we're gonna send him to afghanistan T yeah tell me about that tell me tell me about because going from the world that you just talked about drugs and going in and out of jail and all those different things and then you go into the the world of the military what what was that like for you at a young age you know our mission was to find bombs man and you know there's a lot of military people but i'm everybody has a job but there's only about seven percent ish of the military that actually sees combat and my mission was combat it was to find bombs that were placed in the route and we would have to go and get rid of them. And the first night in Afghanistan was August 28th, 2010. My very first night we were ambushed. You could find the story on, on all the big outlet networks. Cause it was one of the biggest ambushes in Afghanistan. It was on Fob Salerno and there was multiple of the Taliban members in American uniforms that got on our little fob. And they were blowing themselves outside of the wire and the Apaches were firing all over the place. Now, war's not like that all the time. Yeah. War's scary. War's hell, man. But, you know, I've also seen some pretty amazing things. I've seen humans cry. The strongest men, man, the strongest people. I've seen them cry. I've seen the ones that people wouldn't think are that strong become, you know, triumphant. Um, but there was around... 23 of the 32 that I was with that was blown up. And 23 one was out of the 32. Yep. And one was killed uh, in my unit. It was hard, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was well, hard. What happened? I, cause, I mean, a lot of people don't get an opportunity to listen to somebody that was in uh, that type of arena, that world in Afghanistan. Because everybody read about it. Uh, it was a horrific long war. But I'll, ex is, I'll explain it in your mind. I'll explain war with two stories. 
You know, the best gifts I've ever got, there was three. When my brothers and I slept in a homeless shelter, we were hungry. And there were two old men that gave us a box of raisins. Number two was the family that adopted me. When they adopted me, I got a brand new pair of clothes and a pair of light up shoes. The third gift or the third thing that changed my life, it happened in Afghanistan. You see, war is scary. Like I said, war is hell, man. You see, you see what people do to other people in the hopes of freedom for their side and our side. Um, you know, we were told that we couldn't get out and play with the kids. And I loved to play with the kids. But the Taliban started to strap bombs to the children's bodies. Right. And when we would get out of the vehicle to feed the children in our province, the Taliban would blow up the children. Uh, so especially me, right? I had a little keyboard. I would play. I would rap. You know, I'd stand on top of the vehicle and I'd rap to the kids. I would dance. I, I just, you know, I wanted to make the kids feel like, the old man made me feel. My parents made me feel when they gave me the light-up shoes. I wanted to do that for them. They said, stream, especially you. And I got made fun of a lot because I was the singer. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would rather hug than fight. Yeah. And there was a little boy and his little sister that they came to our vehicle. And there was nobody else around. I mean, we were just ambushed recently. I was in a bad mood. My vehicle got ambushed. I hit my head on the the door of the RG. I mean, I, I just had had it with this place. One of our leaders was just killed. Like I did not want to deal with these kids anymore. And there was a little boy and little girl. They came up to our vehicle and they wanted food and candy. And my sergeant said, stream, come on, man. It's not like you to yell at the kids, just throw them a piece of candy. So finally I obeyed. I opened up the door. I threw out a piece of candy. And of course the older brother, he was probably about 10. The little sister was about five. The boy outran his little sister and grabbed the piece of candy. You know, over there, we've seen little girls grab pieces of candy before, and everybody in the village beat the little girl because women have no rights in that country. Right. But this little boy, he turned and gave that piece of candy to his little sister. And we jumped out of the vehicle, and we gave him as much food and candy as the little boy could carry and his little sister. And they ran home. But a couple hours later, only the little boy came back. Ooh. And he had something behind his back. And he was getting closer to our vehicle. And we yelled at the little boy to stop. Please, please stop. And the little boy kept coming. So the gunner put the weapon on the child and fired shooting a pin flare, which is a line of defense over the child's head. And the child got very scared and he stopped. But then he kept on coming. So I leaned up and I turned record on the camera. So when we took this, when we would have to take this little boy's life, it was documented. But as the little boy got close to our vehicle, we got the okay to fire. But then he stopped. And the little boy showed me what was behind his back. It was an egg, an hey. egg. The third best gift I've ever been given was an egg. And it was from that little boy and he taught me something. No matter where you're at in the world, there is good wherever there is bad and there is bad wherever there is good. 
even if I'm in a war zone, even if you're at home from New York to LA to Texas, there's hard times and hardships everywhere, but you have to be the good. You see, everybody thinks of war as fighting and and conquering and yeah, yes, but I got to see a different side of it. I got to see the sad and vehicles full of bodies, but I also got to see things like that where people help each other, where people love each other. You know, there was a guy, he was with us on mission and he was Afghani and the Taliban hated that the Afghanistan people would help us. Um, anyways, when the United States left Afghanistan, I hadn't talked to this guy since 2010. He messaged me on Instagram and Facebook. He said, Ryan, Ryan, do you remember me? Do you remember me? It's, it's, it's Zorro or AK, whatever we called him. I can't remember. And I said, holy crap, dude. Yeah, I remember you. And he showed me pictures of his mud houses. They don't have houses like we do of mud houses that the Taliban blew up. They're trying to kill him and his family because he was trying to help us. And now that the United States had left, they're killing all of those people that helped us. So I got on social media and I made a post and people donated money that saved that man and his seven children. We were able to get them out of that part of Afghanistan because of social media. So war is scary. War is hard. But I also got to see humanity at its best and humanity at its worst. I think both are a blessing. The experiences that I've been able to experience, you know, like it's not that I'm fearless. I'm scared. Heck, man, I'm scared right now starting all this stuff. Weights are heavy. But if you ever want to, don't you want to see what you're made of? Don't you guys just want to see like, I'm going to be a rapper. Bam, I'm an award-winning rapper. I want to be a country singer. Bam, I'm, a, I'm proving to people I can do everything. I couldn't even read and write. I have a best, yeah. I have two books and a bestseller. Like, come on, who's this idiot that failed out of four co- college four times? And now I, I have that. one. How did, how did you do that, Ryan? <laughs> I read that. How did you do yeah. that how, four times? I'll be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm not very smart. I'm not very book smart. But most people that are ADHD or have those other disabilities, yeah. some might say, those are actually your entrepreneurs. That's what I read. Yeah, and I started to adapt to Superpowers, right. It is a superpower. But as yeah. soon as I realized I wanted it, like I want it. No, I want it. I'm going to go in that building and I'm not leaving that building this time. And I'll tell you why. You want to know the real reason? There's two. In 2017, I got fired from a job because I was a safety liability. I exited the military with mental health reasons. I had nothing. No was job. Was PTSD, Brian? Yep. Was that what you were dealing with? Just the, yep. yeah, the, wa- the war fog of coming back home. and yeah. Waking up in the middle of the night searching for the enemy at my house. My wife and I was even talking yesterday and we got on the subject because I was just on the radio station here. And one of my old platoon leaders, the one that kicked me in the back in that story, yeah, he heard me on the radio and he was with the producers of the studio. And he's like, I heard Ryan stream and wow, he's come a long ways, but uh, I would disappear. I, and I would leave at days at a time and go to, to I was just foolish. My gosh. I know were you married like, at the time. I was. So you know, so I, when I, you went when you went away to Afghanistan, were you married? Uh, did you have kids at the time, or were you just married at the time? My like, second time that I went to war, I came home to an eight-month-old baby and my wife, that I met for the first time. 
you know, and that right there is a traumatic experience. You go from a war zone where they're teaching you to fight and kill. And every day you're just, you don't know who's the enemy. So you're constantly just, you know what I mean? And then you come home and it's like, I got to find a job. Oh my gosh, I'm married. I got a kid. <laughs> like yeah. I got married and then two months later was back at war. You know, we've been married for 11 years now. Thank goodness I have my wife. But there came a time where I was at the rock bottom of rock bottom. I had no job. I had nothing. And the only job I can get was the coal mine. And people that I worked with, oh, man, he's an idiot. Oh, I can't believe they'd let him carry a weapon. So what has motivated me? I would be honest and I would be not honest to say that hate motivates me. And every person that's ever talked bad about here in Utah, I have music awards, books, yeah. 13 million views just last year. I've spoken to probably 200,000 students just in the state. Mm -hmm. They, they have heard me and that guy that they call the dumbass and stupid. You know what I mean? One month I make more than they make in a year. Who's the stupid one. That's the attitude I used to have. And it was a foolish attitude to have. Right. That's that's hate. That's not good. Mm -hmm. So instead of using all that hate to motivate me, I want to inspire people and I want to inspire them. Dude, leave the job. If I can do it, you can do it. I wasn't the smartest there. And you know that. Well, let's talk so about I got that. Back though, in school. What's that? Well, let's talk about that, because you, at the time you were in the coal mine. But what was the trigger for you to get back into school and then to become to believe that you had all these? you know, superpowers in you. What, what was the, what was the moment that made that happen for you? Cause I've heard you speak and I've, you, you had, you were at rock bottom. A lot of people, I think there's two things that happen at rock bottom. Cause I had, I was at rock bottom too, before I went to prison. And I, that, that moment I never want to go back to, but I think two things happen at rock bottom. One or two things. One, you believe it's the end and maybe you can't end it. Or two, it's a new beginning. Mm -hmm. And somehow, some way, you became a new beginning and started stepping out into what you wanted to be. What do you think was that? What do you think that was that, that fire that was lit? Well, when I got fired from my job, I was on my way home and I had a plan to end my life. And I didn't. I'm here. You know, we could talk religion here and I felt the angels and demons battle on my shoulders. I went to suicide prevention classes. My mom took her life. So I take that topic very serious. Yeah. And I got to the duplex because we sold our house wanting to start an empire. Right. And we lost it all, man. And my wife, she said, Ryan, I believe in you. That's why I married you. And she put her hands on my shoulder and she lifted me up and she says, you, you got this. So I said, man, this is the part I get emotional. Gosh, dang it. I would go to the workforce service place before they opened. And I would stay there until they closed for weeks. You know, when you have no money coming in and nothing and your back's against the ropes, like you got to fight. Right. Like you got to fight. And everybody's scared, afraid to be at rock bottom. Rock bottom means you get to start over. But do you That's ever right. really start over? No, because you have experience. Well, what about right. if I go in the wrong direction? Good. You know what direction not to go next time? That's right. So I, I got a job in the coal mine, dude. And when I got into the coal mine, I was like, you're shitting me. Back in the coal mine, I worked in the coal mine right after high school. 
It's yeah. not a good job. It's scary. It's dangerous. It's cold. It sucks. You're blacker than black because of the cold. Yeah. And I remember going to the interview after calling them five times. Hey, I'm ready to come to work. Hey, I'm coming to work. You know what got me the job? I was consistent. And that's what they said, dude, we weren't even hiring, but you kept calling because I had no choice. Yeah. I had no choice. According to my resume, yeah, I was in the military. Yes, I had a couple of things that I was working on that made me look really good. Never again did I want to put in for a job and not be the elite. So I got the job in the coal mine. And after I got the job, I remember going out to my car and saying, why me? Like I've served my country. I've done everything. I'm a good person. I'm kind. I'm nice. People need to realize that the door closes for you. It, they, it closes for you. If you truly believe in God or the universe, oh, well, why would God do this? I believe God's son, Jesus Christ, hung on the cross. So if anybody has it that bad, shouldn't it be God saying, why me? I was just on my friend's podcast. He was waiting in St. George, Utah for his family to come, and all of them got in a wreck and died. They all got killed. I saw that. And why saw him? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, why us? Life is hard. Nobody's going to make it out alive. No, no, it's not easy for anybody. So when I was I gotta, in the coal I gotta, mine. I got to tell you, Ryan, I, because you, you're, one of your favorite quotes is one of my favorite quotes. And what you just said is, is what you live. But I, just for those, and it's a Rocky Balboa. Oh, and yeah. I'm just going to read the quote because it's just, because you've lived this. And for those out there that are stuck, or they're feeling sorry for themselves. This is something that should be a mantra of yours. So let me tell you something. You already know. The world ain't easy. Not all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It'll beat you down to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Mm. And I, I read that you talking about that as being one of your favorite quotes. And, and it's one that I always go back to because, man, if that doesn't explain everything, <laughs> I mean, just explain everything because you always have choices. You yeah. always have choices. And, and yes, life is unfair but you have to move on regardless yeah because you you don't the other the alternative is awful you end up in a ditch and homeless and and feeling sorry for yourself which you know you, you being a victim or a survivor is is they're, they're very different and mm -hmm. and you blame and you point fingers and you can't fight a survivor almost makes you feel different when you say that it, it almost oh, yeah. makes you sit up straighter when you say I'm a survivor, because yeah. what it means is, is I'm going to walk through and what you just said, right? I'm going to walk through whatever it is that scares me mm -hmm. and get through it. And that's yeah. when things happen. Yeah. You know, and if you look at life like an adventure, right, dude, I want to see what I'm made of. You know what I mean? Like, I, am I smart enough to get the degree? Am I freaking smart enough to run the business? Am I smart? It, I'm going to figure it out. And if I can't figure it out, I'm going to find somebody that can like everyone's looking at life. Like it's just so hard and it is, but you want to know what? Be grateful. Be grateful. I went mountain biking with a dude that fell out of a tree, three kids and got paralyzed like that. Had to exit the military. His whole life changed. 
And I made it up the mountain, rode around the mountain, and he went up and back the mountain for two hours straight, all the way to the top, all the way back with his arms. Mm. He says, man, I'm grateful they didn't take my arms too. There it you is. know, again, it's things happen to you, for you. So when I was in the coal mine, I started working a ton of overtime because, well, the money was okay. Then I thought, you want to know what? I'm going to get back in school, and I'm not leaving this place until I get a degree. 2020, I got my first degree. Then I said, you want to know what? Everybody with a psychology degree, they think they're smart as shit. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to go get one of those. So here I am. I'll be done hopefully in August. That's and awesome. then I was like, you want to know what? That person's flipping houses and making money. I'm going to flip houses and make money. Bought two houses and flipped them, but adversity comes. The yeah. reason why I got out of the coal mine is I had three surgeries. My hand got smashed. My finger got amputated. My worker didn't show up and I had to build the house. I had to go and build the inside of the house that a lady flooded that I could have profited $100,000. But instead, I felt sorry for the lady because she was a single mother with three kids and I saw my mother. So even when you help people, even when you're trying your best, life's still going to hit you. And yep. sometimes it's just God telling you, I'm teaching you how to build. I am teaching you how to build. So I have a saying I would like for all of you to adopt. It's called pack it on. Pack it on. I'm going to get my ass kicked, but one day I'm going to stand up. And I learned that when I was about in the fourth grade. I watched my older brother get his ass kicked. And I didn't know who to cheer for because he always beat me up. You know what I mean? So I, I'm looking at Ray, the guy that just fought him. And I'm looking at my brother. And then my brother gets up again. And I said, Jesse, stay down, dude. You just got freaking the floor got mopped with you. And he stood up again. He walked over to Ray and got his butt kicked again. My brother did that four times. On the fourth or fifth time, I'm not even exaggerating. My brother went to fight him and he said, dude, I'm done. You win. So when I was a little boy, I saw, holy cow. My brother got up over and over and over again. And finally, the other guy said, whoa, dude. They're going to get tired. Maybe they're going to be afraid to lose or they're going to listen to this really close. Sometimes people will want to be around you or they will want to buy something from you because of the effort that you're putting in. It's not necessarily that they need it. Most people buy off emotion anyway. Right. You know, so if you're just putting in the work and people see at first, nobody celebrates a loser unless you like the losing team right i don't know why we like that stuff but when people see that you're resilient and you have a smile on your face that's the biggest key to my success you said it you know before we even started man you got your butt kicked a lot you know i just barely started to win a little bit but as soon as you win well adversity strikes right so we flipped the two houses bought an ice cream franchise that's not enough now, what do I got to do? If I'm going to be in front of corporations, I got to build a winning corporation. Okay, bam, trucking company. And here I am trying to figure it out. But when you have me on your podcast or somebody else has me on their podcast, I want to be the guy that actually does and knows how to do things, not just has a good story. So, Ryan, when you you started building, going to school, getting back in, when did the speaking career take off for you? You know, in 2017, it was 2016, I got one speaking engagement. You know, I was calling around, hey, let me speak, let me speak 400 bucks. Whoa, I made $400 speaking for one hour. Yeah. And then uh, 
about, oh, the November came and it was Veterans Day. And then I spoke at the high school for eight minutes and the high school was silent. And then they erupted. And then I started coaching football and then I started to read a lot. And then I started to, what I read, I started to teach the team. And then we went to the state championship. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I got something pretty special here. And I'm really short. And if people see a little guy succeed, there's just something that's cool about that. Yep. And uh, I just started calling. Hey, what's up? My name's Ryan Stream. I'm a motivational speaker. I would email a thousand people a month. I'm not even kidding you. Not even kidding you. Nobody would write me back. So when people say, hey, Ryan, how do I be a public speaker? And I say, hey, you know, five grand, I'll tell you everything. Oh, I don't have that money, dude. I've spent 43000 just last year figuring out the stuff that I know. Like it is a business and people don't like to treat it like a business. They want all the skills and all the answers right off the bat. Right. So my speaking career picked up 2020. It collapsed. But here's where the door closed and one open. the pandemic. Yeah. And I was in the coal mine and it never affected my job. So why everybody else was downsizing and being cautious and being careful, I put money into my speaking business. I wrote my first book. I was going all in on my music videos and I started to go viral and win awards. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's just, it, it for the it two the years. Opportunity. I when it, yep. What the other people didn't see as an opportunity, you took that time and made it an opportunity. Yep. And everybody needs to realize life is going to happen to you but it's your choice on how to react to it. You can cry. You could sit down. It's like when an ice storm comes, everyone sees an ice storm while the other people see a skating ring. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that's how you have to look at life. Like, yeah. Well, you, you know, and you talk about the five things that, that the how to's, can you share your, your tools on that? Yeah. You know, so when I lost my job, when I exited the military, I had, I was at my rock bottom, right? A lot of times, People don't even realize they're at rock bottom. Well, your life sucks. Your family doesn't like you. Like you're having troubles in your marriage. Like that's a rock bottom, right? Like we have rock bottoms all the time. And when people go for a job, they get self-evaluated. When people go to the military, they get self-evaluated. No matter where you're going, before this podcast started, you self-evaluated me, right? <laughs> so why aren't we doing that to ourselves? Right. Step number one is people need to be honest with themselves. The trucking company, everything I've built, I followed these five steps. Well, why'd you get into trucking? Well, I economically looked around Utah and I thought, man, a trucking company is killing it right now. Okay, let me go to step number one, a self-evaluation. Okay, Ryan, do you know how to operate equipment? Well, yeah, I have a little bit of experience. Do you know how to drive a trailer? Yeah, yeah, I've done that in the coal mine. Do you know how to run a business? Yeah, I got another business. Okay, all right. I could do those things. And then I started mapping it out, a plan, which is number four. But during your right. self-evaluation, you have to be honest with yourself. If you have to get naked and look in the mirror at yourself, if you're not happy, fix it. It's hard. It's so right. hard. But, man, I don't want my kids to look at somebody else like a hero. I want to be their hero. I'm right. going to be your hero. And I'm going to be your friend's heroes. I'm going to be everybody's hero. That's how people need to be. You're your own hero. You're the leader in your life. So do the self-evaluation and say, what can I do and what can't I do? And change the I can't to I can. And there you go. Step number two is take accountability. If you are not where you want to be in life, it's your fault. It's your fault. 
Oh, it's not my fault. Yes, it is. It's your fault. You're talking to somebody that came from a homeless shelter, suicide, war zones. Like there, I, I wasn't raped. That's about the only thing that didn't happen to me. <laughs> but I know happen, people. Right. You, you, what's that? I said oh. you didn't have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I know people that did. Yeah. And they're making it just fine. Yeah. So get help if you need help. And I needed help. I cried at the VA Medical Center. I took accountability and I said, I am struggling. I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to make a plan. I am just going to lose my family. And after mm -hmm. I got everything out, I wrote on a piece of paper, I am dumb. I am slow, right? Be truthful. Mm -hmm. I, I am short. I am insecure. I am not confident. And then I looked at it. I am stupid. How do I fix that? I go get a college degree. I'm not stupid. I am short. Okay, I can't fix that, but I could be extremely fit. Okay. Yep. Okay. You see how I attacked? I yeah. wrote it down and I attacked what makes me not confident and I freaking crushed it all. Getting my butt kicked. I love you, you're not going to win just like that. Mm -mm. And then when you do that, when you write it down at step three, believe in yourself. So I believed that it was possible. And if you don't write this stuff down, how are you going to change? Right. So I believed it was possible. And then I did this. I did this exact thing. I drew a line just like this. This is where I was. This is where I'm going. The first goal I had was $100,000. Okay. At the right. time, I got a job in the coal mine making $75,000. I mapped out what I needed to do to make $100,000 the very next year, not only manifesting it, reading it and working my butt off, I hit over $100,000. The year that. before I was fired, suicidal, exited the military, had nothing. So step number four is a plan. How do you make a plan? It's like a staircase. Step number one. Okay. What is my goal? I want to write a book. Okay, step number one, what do I need to do? You have to be so specific. I need to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Step number two, I need to sit down. Step number three, I need to write. That's something that war taught me. You have to be very cautious and very, very careful. And when you miss a step, that's when somebody could get killed. So after you make a plan, you need to take action. A lot of times people have the plan. You know, I was, I was speaking at a corporate event and I'm asking people, what's your goal? And a girl said, I want to be rich. I said, how are you going to be rich? I don't know. I'm just, I want to be rich. I said, you're not going to be rich. And everybody looked at like, what? And I said, she's not. She doesn't have a plan. She doesn't know what she's going to do. She doesn't even know what her five-year goal is. How are you going to get rich? If you don't have a plan, you're going to be like a boat that goes out into the ocean with no compass, no map, no sense of direction. You're going to get out into the world, into the ocean. You're going to go around in circles till everybody dies. Yep. It, it's, we, we complicate things. I am an idiot. And I'm not just saying that. I didn't take my SATs. I failed out of college. But as soon as I said, you want to know what? You have to be, I think it's safe to say greedy. Like my wife and my plan is, hun, I will make sure we have everything I need, but you need me to love you, to communicate with you, to be affectionate. I could do that. And when I don't do that, you need to, you need to help me out because I get caught up yeah, in my own me. world. But I need this from you. I need you to take care of our children. I need you to do the homework. I, she has, we made a plan. This is her 
lane. This is my lane. And that road, each lane that we're on is going to lead us to where we want to go. And it hasn't. It's failed many, many times. But when it fails, we get back on course. Because you have a plan. Because we have a plan. And sometimes your plan changes. But guess what? Get back on plan. Love that. What was the fifth thing? What's that? Was that, did we cover all? Yes, we got self-evaluation, accountability, belief, making a plan, and taking action. Taking action was the last one. Taking action. that's such a big deal because a lot of people can sit around and talk about something until they take action. You never get started. Yeah. You know, let me say this because it's, you know, I could sound like I know everything and I don't. And I really hope people don't think that because I don't. This trucking company, when I did the self-evaluation and said, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I went to CDL school and I failed. I failed the driving test. I'm not a freaking pro. And Those the are hard, by the way. Yeah, it's not like a car. Like, it's totally different. So I had to pay $7,500 because I kept failing and I had to pay for extra help. But before I got my driver's license, I called businesses. And I said, hello, my name is Ryan Stream. I am the owner of Patriot Ridge Trucking. I'm just looking for some contracts. I was closing $142 hour contracts before I even had my driver's license, before I even knew how to get a truck, (laughs) before I even knew where to go because I needed to know the money was going to be there. Yeah, you're already closing deals. Closing. You know, that also reminds me of another quote with the Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. I love it. And, yeah. and, and what you just described there is that, I mean, you, you thought you could. Yep. And, and, and it's in that mindset can solve so many things because it doesn't mean you're going to have all the answers. It just means that you go and find the answers because you know what you're going to try to do and yep. what you're taking action on. And that's, that's why that's the secret sauce to the game. Yeah. You know, and a lot it of really people is. really, really want to help. They do, you know. If they're far advanced, they're not going to give away a lot. I've learned that, right? I've really learned that. People want to help, but they don't want to give you all their gold. Yeah. But I was listening to a podcast, and people should read. It's like people when they say, hey, I want to be to the NBA. I want to make it to the NBA. That was my goal when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. My parents had me go shoot 200 shots every day. Oh, you too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was six I was six foot one as an eighth grader. You never want to peak oh, when you're an eighth grader, six yeah. foot one. I was like a seven-footer in eighth grade. <laughs> Oh man. So you thought you yeah, were going there for sure. I'm still six foot one. Still six <laughs> foot one. I, uh, so my parents had me shoot 200 shots every day. Yep. I didn't make it. But when these kids say, man, I want to be in the NBA too. And I say, how many shots do you shoot a day? And they say, well, you know, I don't really, oh, you're not going to make it. Like I'm the guy that's truthful. And I say, what you need to do is you need to study the best. What did they, man, there is a map a secret map behind every successful person. Yep. If you want to be in the NBA, you need to study NBA players. Where did they go to school? How many shots did they shoot? When people learn stuff, they like to say stuff. Why is that? Well, because everybody likes to spread a good message and everybody likes to, to speak something that they know, right? We want to get it out there and show the world. So no matter what you want to do, 
If I wanted to be a speaker, I Google other speakers. What websites are they on? Okay, who books them? Okay, where do they go? Okay, where have they been? What conferences have they spoke at? You want to be a police officer? Okay, start calling. Hey, what are you guys paying? Hey, talk to police officers. People are so afraid to ask, man. Yeah, and a lot of people who are getting it right, they're willing to share because they're they're proud of the fact that they're getting it right. Yeah, and you make you it gotta feel humble good. yourself. You gotta humble yep. yourself, knowing that you don't know it all, and people will share that with you. You know, yep. I, 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 you remind me was when I went into the world of prison, Brian. I, you know, it was a, ne- a place I thought I'd never be. Yeah. But I looked around. I did, you know, a couple of things that you're talking about. One was sitting in my bed that night, looking and thinking, "Oh my God, I'm at the top bunk of Leavenworth Prison after yeah. six years of all of this." What am I going to do? And I got out a pen and a piece of paper and started writing down goals I wanted to accomplish in prison Hell yeah. because that's what made me feel like me again, because I was going to not be prison, Brent. I was going to be Brent. And, and those, those things that you can do, it doesn't matter where you are. And then to humble yourself and look around and say, you know, I don't know anything about this, but look around. Oh, that guy's reading a book. I, I like that guy's doing a workout, Tina. That guy's got a job that I like, whether you're in prison or you're outside, the biggest thing that I found was is being in prison and getting outside was that people are built into prisons in their own mind. Oh, and yeah. how do they knock those down? How do they knock down their own barriers? Because, you know, it's a bad job, bad marriage, bad childhood, whatever those things are, you either carry those with you and they're the barrier all the way through your life, or you figure out how to walk and knock them down. And that's why I, I think your story is so inspiring, right? Is because each time you were hit, you got up and he kept knocking through things that made you feel uncomfortable. Like you're talking about this trucking company. That's not making you feel comfortable. That's making you feel energized that I've got to figure out how to do this thing. Oh, and, buddy. And that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Sometimes you think that you're, you're in too deep, you know, but I'll tell, and you already know this, you know, if you're not crying, if you're not laying awake at night, if there hasn't been moments where you've thought to yourself, how am I going to do this? You are yeah. not trying hard enough. So true. You, and, you know, you interview so people all the time, Brent. You go, you're a yeah. speaker. You go to these events where there's 24-year-old millionaires, 26-year-old millionaires, 50-year-old mil- Like, what do they have that we don't? Right. They had the plan and they took action. Exactly. Everywhere I've been, they had a plan and they were not afraid to take action. And unless mm-hmm. mom and dad gave them everything, that used to be my justification. Oh, mom and dad did that for them. Mom and dad. There's not a lot of moms and dads out there that, you know what I mean? A lot of these successful oh, yeah. kids have actually done it by themselves. They oh, sure, locked themselves in a room and figured it out. Yep. So true. I mean, it's, and I was wanting to think, because you're talking about mom and dad, did you, with the streams that adopted you, did you stay close to them throughout your whole where you are now to growing up and all that? Are they part of your life? Yeah. Yeah. They're a part of my yeah. life. I, I, uh, you know, man, I love them. I am grateful for them, but I would be lying if I did not say that I didn't get what other people got. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a part of me that's missing, you know, where do I belong? Even though they adopted me, I got their last name. I I get that, but I'm talking biologically and chemically. You don't think that I wish that I had that. 
Oh yeah. And I was just talking to my wife. I do. Sure. I don't, I, I hate the conversation. Cause it's like, man, I wish I could hug my mom. I wish I could help my mom. I don't even know who my dad is really. It ended yeah. up possibly being my uncle. I don't even know who my dad is. Yeah. I got two people that say they're my dad, you know? So yeah, dude, it's kind of a conversation, honestly, a conversation I kind of stay away from because I am very appreciative. They adopted my whole family and raised 11 kids and they did the best they could. What I have disciplined the way they did? No, I don't. Am I grateful? And are they angels in my life that I have been blessed with? Oh, yes. But I don't have the same relationship with my parents that other people have. I just, I didn't get that. And, and they're, they're, they got 11 kids and honestly, they're busy. No excuses. I'm going to be different to my kids. You know, everybody's busy. Yeah. But yeah, everybody's man. Everybody's busy. Mean, you got to make it. You got to make your own way. Yeah. I want to, I, when we're, we're talking here, cause I want to wrap this up, Ryan, on, on a couple of thoughts of yours, but before we do, I want to recognize, uh, the white collar support group, uh, nightmare success podcast is sponsored by the white collar support group. The world's first support group devoted to people navigating the white collar criminal defense system. I'm a member of the white collar support group. And I can tell you, this is a bunch of people who help each other through the criminal justice journey for free. Whether you're just starting your journey or you've made it through to the other side, this is a great space for you. You can join us on Zoom Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. For information, go to prisonist.org. That's prisonist.org. Start here. So, Ryan, going to where this whole journey goes, what do you think is your biggest takeaway from this life that you've lived? Having a family. You know what I mean? That's success, dude that's success. It's not the money. It's not the awards. It's not the, it's success is when your children want to come home and see you. You know, I speak in front of a lot of kids and I hope there's a lot of adults listening. It's not the kid's responsibility to get a hold of the parent. It's the parent's responsibility to get a hold of the kid. And if your kids aren't coming home, if your kids don't call you, then you want to know what you need to take accountability. You need to change some stuff because you're not truly successful. If your own family doesn't want to be around you. You know, that, well, and, that, think, and what you said about your wife, she chose you. She said, I believe in you. And, yeah. and man, that, and I, I have that too. I, I, I have a wife that should wear, you know, a cape yeah. like a superhero. And it's, it means so much because if you don't have that, go find it because it's a yep. really big deal to have yep. that mate that believes in you because that's the fuel and the family that you're talking about, Ryan, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, I love that. And you have to have that. And if there's a lot of parents that I'm talking to one person, you know, him and his wife are addicted to drugs and he's trying to get her off drugs. And I said, you want to know what? I'm not an advocate for divorce. I'm really not. But sometimes things don't go together. Life mm -hmm. was not made for it to suck for everybody all the time. So right. everybody right. needs to have boundaries. This is what is acceptable in my house. Let me know what's acceptable to you. This is acceptable to me. And we could meet in the middle. But sometimes people aren't good for people. Sorry. If you're destroying your children and if that's affecting the way that they grow up, I don't think some of you need to be married. Yeah. You know? And everybody's let me let me say this. Everybody's looking for a hero, right? You and I, we had our wives, thank goodness. Yeah. But there came a time, Brent, where you and I both realized we're the hero. Yeah. You have to save yourself. Well, you know, it's scary. It is scary. It is scary. It is scary. But start being Life's grateful scary. for what you have. It is, man. Golly. Yeah. Oh, buddy. 
Well, Ryan, man, I got to tell you, I, I am so happy that we connected because I've been following your journey and it's just, it's inspiring. The way you speak is inspiring. What you've done is inspiring. Uh, People want to get a hold of you. I know it's ryanstreamlive.com on your website. You're, you're Ryan Stream on Instagram. Where else? And go to your book on Amazon. Yeah, I, please. I, you know, just if uh, people Google, just Google Ryan Stream. I have multiple music videos, multiple things. Got to check out the music videos. Yeah, dude. They're, that's they're fun, like, man. Yeah, they, uh, you know, for those that are listening, I – I'm driving Lambos to wrapping and right underneath helicopters to, but it's like, well, why do you do that? I do that because kids like to see that. But if you listen to the words, yeah. they talk about resilience, leadership, kindness. Yes. Right. So everything I read, together. I just, put the, yep, exactly. And music's the universal language, man. And uh, my TEDx talks coming out, it's coming out real soon. Please yeah, let's talk like about that. Yeah. When is, when's that happening? When, when's that uh, TEDx is, and by the way, not just anybody gets a TEDx talk, just by the way, they, they're hard. It takes a lot of resilience to get and go through that process. And, uh, and man, you deserve it. You, you're going to give one hell of a TEDx talk. I well, love I TEDx appreciate talk, it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. They, if, if anybody needs to learn anything, just go to TEDx because like you said, Brent, they just don't let anybody on. And I nope. couldn't go on there and talk about my story. It's like, Ryan, you, we, you know, there's a lot of people that are drug addicts, a lot of people that struggle. It's like, what could you teach us? Mm -hmm. So what I taught, my talk is how music is powerful and how that. it's able to connect people. That was my speech. And the video that you watched, it's going to be hopefully in the TEDx speech. But now I'm kind of having to sign different contracts with them and we're going through some loopholes, but... You know, if I have been beneficial to anybody today, just take away those five steps. We oh, all yeah. have a story. We all have challenges that we're going through. Those steps were steps that I've learned from reading other people's books, steps in the military, and steps that actually helped me, right? Like they actually have helped me. And if you do like anything that I've done, please go check out my music video. Show your kids. Oh gosh, Good. I mean, go check out the most recent one on Instagram. It's uh, <laughs> you don't have to scroll down very far. It is so cool, so good. Thanks. And I I was showing it to my wife Jill, and she said, "Wow, you're having him on." I said, "Yeah, I'm having him on." <laughs> awesome. Well, hey man, um, I appreciate this, Brent. Such yeah. A good time. And uh, anybody, if you want to check out my book, go to go to Amazon right after you click on uh, Ryan's. Go to Brent Cassie, Not Nightmare Success. Um, love you guys. Give them reviews. That puts the show on steroids. Go to Apple. Give a review if you like the show. Go to BrentCassie.com. I spell it wrong. It's T Y, not a D Y. As I used to say when I was writing my emails back and forth from Leavenworth, stay strong. I'll do the same. Ryan Stream, you're the man. I appreciate hey, it. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Nightmare success in and out.